Hey girl, you're listening to Live Free Radio. I'm your host, Letitia Bate. I'm a registered health coach certified in holistic nutrition and weight loss for women, as well as a retired nurse and fierce PCOS advocate. PCOS stands for polycystic ovary syndrome, and this led me to my mission for empowering women who are like me to start giving up the lies that diet culture has been feeding you for years so that you can live out your most fierce and best freaking life. Let's get to today's episode. Before we get to today's episode, I want to take just a moment to talk to you about Vida Sheets Maori Cairo Complex. The Myro de Cairo Complex is an amazing tool to have in your PCOS toolbox. The main ingredient is going to be Myro Inositol and de Cairo Inositol, which is in that preferred 40 to 1 ratio, which can help you bring hormonal balance, improve fertility, regulate your menstrual cycle, and so much more. But the great thing that I love about Vitashik's Myro de Cairo Complex is that it also contains some other really great ingredients, which is going to be things like chromium, which can help improve your insulin sensitivity, which for most of us with PCOS, we struggle with our insulin anyways, and that can actually lead to reducing your androgens, which causes your PCOS symptoms. It can even aid in weight loss and so much more. So if you're you know, wanting to check out a little bit more information, you can go to www.vadashikusa.com or you can actually scroll down and listen to episode 22 as I interview Vadashik CEO, Samantha, and we talk all about this new product. And of course, I always want to try to save you money where I can. So when you order, be sure to use the code LIVEFREE25, all caps, that way that you can save 25% off of your order. And now we'll get to today's episode. Welcome back to Live Free Radio. Oh my gosh, you guys, it has been a hot minute. If you have been tuning in in one of the, the latest episodes, I just shared with you that my schedule was getting a little chaotic and I really had to downsize my workload. So I took a few weeks off and I'm just so excited to be back and share so much PCOS information with you guys. Today's episode, I have brought on a client of mine, Jasmine, who I'm just really excited for her to be able to share her story with you. I think her story is something that many can relate to. And I also love how she shares the changes that she's made and the victories that she's accomplished. And I just all around have just really enjoyed getting to know Jasmine. So let's go ahead and dive in. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. Hi, it's so nice to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. I am just really excited for you to share your story and your successes and everything that's been going on. Uh, We've been working together for several weeks now and you made some big changes, but I know your journey to get here has has been, you know, an an exciting one, sometimes frustrating. So um, (laughs) do you care to just tell us a little bit about you? Who are you? Where you're from? Well, my name is Jasmine Johnson. I'm actually in college right now studying social work. I'll be graduating soon. Thank the Lord. Yay! <laughs> um, I specialize in school social work, and that is my passion, just working with children. And I am from Jacksonville, near Camp Lejeune and everything. Um, small town, but 
you know, had a big effect on my personality. Yeah. Yeah. So when do you graduate? When's your graduation day? I graduate in May 21. Oh, that's coming up. That'll be here before you know it. That's so I know it's not fast enough. (laughs) I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, No, that's super exciting. And I know, um, so you are actually a client of mine and we started working together because you do have PCOS and and you Mm -hmm. were um, looking for some, you know, maybe more sustainable solutions. And today I was hoping you could share your PCOS story with us. Um, so let's kind of go back to when you were diagnosed. What, mm-hmm. How old were you? What was that like? So I was officially diagnosed at 17, but I started experiencing symptoms way before that, probably most memorably at 13 um, when I had my first menstrual cycle. And I had one menstrual cycle and then it took a year and a half to get my next one. And, you know, it was different because, you know, I have females in my family and that wasn't happening to them. So I started kind of getting a little bit worried. I mean, I wasn't too worried because I thought that at this point it may have been normal. But um, even through then, I started noticing that I had a lot of hair growth. I had um, just like different symptoms that I started kind of being like, hmm, I should go get this checked out by a doctor. And of course, they didn't take me seriously because to them it was about losing weight. Mm -hmm. And it kind of gave me a complex. Like I was scared to go to the doctor because I just didn't want them to say, oh, lose weight. When I was about 15, I went to the doctor um, because of those problems with my menstrual cycle. And um, my mom was like, you know, we should probably figure out what's going on. They told me um, that I need to lose a substantial amount of weight and I need to do that by eating seven apples a day. What? Yes. Yes. A doctor I, have, told me, I have heard it all. <laughs> That's a new one for me. Seven apples a day. Yes. So, of course, that cultivated a very negative relationship with food. For sure. And it made me kind of go into these cycles where I would eat and then I wouldn't eat and then I'd eat too much and then I feel guilty. And it just, you know, gave a different, especially when you're in middle school, high school, um, your body image is very influential on your mental health. And so I kind of went back and forth. And then eventually I got to the age of 17 where um, I went in there and I was just asking um, because my, at this point I knew my period should be regular. Mm -hmm. I went and started talking about that. And they officially diagnosed me with PCOS. And instead of giving me the, you know, a pamphlet, informational, telling me about, you know, the pros and cons, the do's and don'ts, they said, you probably won't be able to have kids. And if you lose 100 pounds, it'll be gone. Wow. Wow. And at that point, I was devastated. You know, I hadn't thought about having kids just because I was 17. But, right, right. Yeah. But the option being taken away was heartbreaking, seemingly, because, of course, I didn't know about anything that was going on. And um, also them saying that you need to lose 100 pounds. And I was explaining to them how hard it was to lose weight mm-hmm. because of so many things. Like I could literally not eat and still gain weight. Right, right. So um, after that diagnosis, of course, I took it very hard and I was set to lose 100 pounds. Well, that's what, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So like when you have a a healthcare provider saying, you know, like this magic number, like I I can imagine that number probably like played in your head every Mm -hmm. day, all day long, like, you know, 100 pounds, like, like you probably put your worth. And the fact whether or not you could lose that amount of weight. 
Exactly. It was burned into my head and I was just focused on losing weight. I started under eating and overworking out, which mm-hmm. actually became one of the most biggest things where it really affected my mental health. And I didn't know that because I thought that right. if I just lose the weight, everything will be okay. It just seemed like my health would get better. My life would get better. Everything would get better if I just lost the weight, um, which was not true because I ended up losing about 35 pounds um, in that process, but it wasn't healthy. I was bone tired. I had bruises everywhere. Wow. Um, you know, my hair was falling out. I didn't even know that that was a symptom of PCOS that, you know, your hair could then, mm-hmm. my hair was falling out and my other symptoms were seemingly getting worse, period, still non-existent. Um, so, you know, of course I went through a lot of time, you know, just thinking this is it. Like I got to lose weight. I got to do this. I got to do that. And um, it was a few years of um, on and off, just kind of deciding whether or not to take it seriously, because I think that um, I'm definitely one of those people who I don't make myself a priority. And that's a huge thing that um, when we were first talking about initial stages of the coaching and working together, that's a lot of things that I wrote about was not, you know, taking it seriously, not, you know, putting myself first in a lot of situations. And I remember you specifically asking, like, are you going to do what you need to do to make sure that you stay committed to yourself? And I really had to stop and think about that because I know me and, you know, as much as I want the results, I tend to sacrifice my happiness for other things. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's okay. It's so easy to do. And I think, um, you know, like coming into the first week of the program where we talk about self-care and self-love and we talk about you know i use the glass analogy of like you know we for us to serve others Mm -hmm. have to have our cup has to be overflowing you know we can't serve others from an empty cup and um i think a lot of times that it is not uncommon as women because regardless of like what our title is whether we are students co-workers friends mom daughter sister wife you know whatever the case is we have all of these hats that we're wearing and we're serving others and we're doing this and we're doing that it is so easy to put ourselves on the back burner we are giving people and, and we just you know want to make sure everyone else is uh you know taken care of before we ever think about taking care of ourselves and so mm-hmm. What I have just found in in myself and with working with women who are, you know, like you and had that situation where, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this because I'm just so used to putting myself behind so I can Mm -hmm. take care of all these other things, you know, with your schoolwork and things like that in your life. But really, when you change that perspective of like, I can't be the student I need to be, the daughter I need to be, the person I need to be to all these people I love, unless I take care of myself first. It really, mm-hmm. it, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that really changes your, your mindset towards taking care of yourself a little bit. It You're does. Like, oh, like I have to take care of myself for me to do all these other things I want to do too. Definitely. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do. As a mom, I dealt with, um, like, for instance, going when I made the decision to go from doing home workouts to the gym for the first time, I dealt with some really serious mom guilt because it was like, oh, well, you know, now I have to get a babysitter and mm-hmm. you know, someone else has to watch my kids for me to spend this, this you know, hour 
or plus a day by myself. And I dealt with so much mom guilt. And I hear so many other people say the same things. Like I just don't want to have to have someone look after my kids so I can go to the gym and work out. But what really happened was that gave me my one hour a day to take care of myself and focus mm -hmm. on myself. And I was a much better mom because of it. And sometimes we just have to let the guilt go and realize yeah. that we have to take care of ourselves. And you did that beautifully. <laughs> you, I mean, it, it would be really hard to look at you now and the progress that you've made to realize that you have struggled with taking care of yourself because um, you did, you know, all the steps and you made the changes and everything so beautifully in the program. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would, I, we're definitely going to talk about some of the things that you have done, the changes that you've made and, and how your body's responding to that. But before uh, we started working together, like, what do you feel like your main struggles were? You know, you kind of mentioned where you have an irregular periods, uh, having weight issues, like what was your PCOS looking like in your body? Um, and my body was looking like eczema flare-ups. It was, you know, hair loss, but also hair on my face. It was um, fatigue, like I had no energy at all. And I was, you know, one of the people who fell victim to believing that if you take out all the carbs in your diet, then it will help you. And that did not help me at all. It actually made me super tired. Mm -hmm. I started bruising more easily. Um, you know, just so many different things. And also I found it, it really affected my self-esteem because I believe that somehow I was less womanly, less feminine, less of, of a woman because I was like, wow, why can't I do these things that women can do? You know, why am I not as feminine? Why am I not as, you know, capable to, you know, have a period on a regular, like, and it started, you know, kind of weighing me down because I'm like, and I started thinking about into the future, you know, how am I going to explain this? How am I going to, um, you know, um, if my if my children do inherit it, like, how do I help them if I don't even know what's going on? So it definitely encouraged me to um, take charge of it, especially knowing that if I have it, somebody else in my family probably has it. So mm -hmm. I definitely wanted to, you know, get to the bottom of things. You know, and that's really interesting that you bring. So were you the first person in your family that you know of that's been diagnosed with COS? Yeah. Now, now that you've been diagnosed and just knowing the things that you do know, can you look at some of your family and kind of like suspect like yes. maybe an aunt <laughs> or something like that? That's like, okay, well, maybe if, if she lived in this current day and time, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Isn't that crazy? I think we all kind of do that now, uh, like looking I can do that with my family. I have like a great aunt that I assume if she were, you know, uh, a young woman now, things mm. might be different. Um, yeah. And do they have health issues that you're aware of? Yeah. So um, one of the biggest things that motivated me just to take charge of it is that, you know, looking at how it can affect your heart and different conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, and that runs in my family already naturally. So I knew that PCOS on top of that, would make me just be more at risk for those things. So I definitely take pride in having good blood pressure, take pride in not yeah. being diabetic. It's crazy because I feel like I get judged visually based off of how I look all the time. And people just assume these things of me. Like I'll go to the doctor and they'll be like, and they'll be like, I've had people say, oh, wow, your blood pressure is really good. Like I'm kind of surprised. Really? And it kind of just takes you back to where they just assume that you're unhealthy. Like they assume... Mm -hmm. these things of you. And I think that there's an era of um, when you're overweight, people don't take your health as seriously. 
And I started really looking into PCOS options when um, they kept forcing birth controls upon me for treatment. And my migraines got so bad that they almost resembled a stroke. Like I visually, I would have optic migraines. I couldn't see. Um, Then some places on my body would feel numb. I would, um, you know, have two to three days afterwards where I felt like I got hit by a bus, like my head was just so heavy and so in pain. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't can't live like this. Yeah, no. And there was at least like four or five a month. Wow. Yeah. How, I mean, it would be really hard to keep up with your studies or even like when you're in your career, like how do you keep up with life uh, when mm-hmm. you're, you're down like that? Because you can't function when, when yep. you're at that point. And there was a point where I felt like life was just kind of passing me by and For sure. I was kind of a, a background character in my own life. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I, the just the difference that I've been able to see in a short period of time like you're just like you're gung-ho now like I've got like I've got this like you could definitely see the shift in energy and I that's one of the greatest things about my job is getting to see that like unfold for sure so um now you said so like whenever you were diagnosed you were, you were at 17 of course you were still a minor with your did you like your mom did she kind of step in and try to like learn PCOS with you and help you advocate or was it just really were both of you guys kind of confused what was that like I think see it was a thing where she tried to help me understand but I wasn't ready to receive that diagnosis or that information Mm -hmm. it was very you know I don't want to say traumatizing because I don't want to make anyone scared of receiving the you know information but I think personally for me, I wasn't ready to hear it. And therefore it made me feel like more negative than, oh, well, let's handle the situation. And also I think that I was just looking for a solution. I I felt like right. you're giving me another problem by telling me this. I was just like, I want to lose weight. I don't want hair on my face. I don't want to be tired. I want a period. What's the solution? Mm-hmm. And they're giving me this diagnosis, which means that I have to, you know, do this, do that, and things like that. And I, I definitely think that I wasn't ready for it. I think maybe if they would have given it to me like two years later, I would it have handled have been. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't um, relate so much because I was diagnosed as an adult, but I'm just curious from your experience and what you've dealt with because you, and, and it's actually a good thing to get diagnosed earlier in life because, you know, even though maturity level and understanding may not be where we need it to be. The earlier the diagnosis, the possible early or intervention and treatment. And mm-hmm. you know, we may we may be able to prevent some some you know damage down the road. But I'm just curious if you, you know, knew of a 17 year old or any teenager that just got diagnosed with PCOS, is there is there a type of advice or tip or just encouragement that you would give her just based off of your experience? Um, I would say, one, you are not less of anything because of this diagnosis. Like, you are still a woman. You are still empowered. You are still beautiful. You are still worthy. And now you know how to manage and handle what's going on with you. You know what I mean? I think that I was scared because I didn't know what it meant. And I think that if you're um, willing to actually, you know, learn about things and be open-minded to different treatments and different, you know, types of interventions, 
it's just going to go better for you. Like, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no, um, it doesn't get lower from here. It just gets higher because now, you know, right. And I think that, um, the quicker that you can accept the information, just the better it will get because now you have time to actually work on yourself and make yourself feel better and figure out things that work for you. I think that I didn't realize how many doors it actually opened for me because now that I know certain things about myself, I can tell doctors like, oh, this is how I respond to this. This is how I do this. This is how I, you know, go about this. Or I can say, you know, that doesn't work for me or this don't even waste your time. Don't even try to give me that medicine. It's not going to, it's not going to work. Yeah. You're more able to advocate for your health care for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I think that especially when, um, like I was referred to see like a woman specialist, a gynecologist, and they were, you know, asking them about, I was asking them, you know, what can help me with PCOS? And I realized that not a lot of doctors really know like how to handle it. Like Mm -hmm. she was literally just like, Oh, well birth control and lose weight. And I told her, Hey, I'm, I'm done with these, (laughs) these days. (laughs) I tried three of them. They respond well to me. I said, if I do another one, it's going to be non-hormonal. And she kept being like, Oh, well you need these hormones. You need this, you need that. And after the program, I realized I don't like, I was able to bring my period back without right myself these synthetic hormones and you know giving my because whenever I was on it and this is just personally for me I had really painful acne really bad headaches like I had a headache every day that's crazy um you know like my um appetite was crazy like I would go all day without eating and then at night suddenly I was just the hungriest thing in the world emotions flying you know whenever I worked out I just felt like it took all of me and I knew this is not how I should feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really says a lot about you to be able to intuitively just know, because a, a lot of us can get caught in that motion of just thinking, well, this is, this is how life is for me. Like, you know, this is just what it is. And you kind of stood up and said, no, like, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not settling for this. And we can, we can definitely talk about it. I know when you came to me, you you were struggling with the fact that like I knew you didn't want to go back on birth control and you were you know of course like you know wait but you really were looking for something more sustainable what did your PCOS look like around the time when we started working together were there anything that didn't mention um around the time we started working together I think that the PCOS really took a giant toll on my mental health like I started seeing a counselor just because I was like, why am I feeling so low, so upset, so tired, so sad? And, you know, we started talking about like different things when it comes to depression. And I actually started taking medication for that. And it actually, it helped so much. Right. And at first I was resistant to the medication because I'm like, is this saying that something's wrong with me? Is there, you know, what will people think of me? And I had to realize that it doesn't matter. People are going to think of you any way they want to think of you because they want to. It, it right. could be because the sky is blue or because the sky is dark. They're going to think whatever they want to think. So I had to kind of take other people's opinions and other people's voices out of my head and just say, what do I want? At the end of the day, how do I want to feel? Do mm-hmm. I want to feel happy or do I want to be sad and make other people comfortable? Right, right. Oh, I, lo- I love how you said that. And, you know, really, like, especially when it comes to, like mental health, 
when it comes to, you know, uh, what would people think of me? The people that judge you in a negative fashion when it comes to mental health, I'm assuming, and I can't speak for everyone, but they are really doing it from a place of ignorance because they have either never experienced a mental health condition before or just, you know, they're very ignorant to it. And, um, you know, I know a lot of times, like we want to try to avoid medications at all costs, but at the same time, we need to be thankful that we do live in a modern society where we do have <laughs> medications to help. And, you know, sometimes like we could be, and this was the, kind of the case with you, like, you could be trying to do all the right things, you know, like adjust your lifestyle and your diet and, and all of these things, mm -hmm. but still need that additional help. And it really benefited you uh, for sure. Definitely. And it came at the right time because like I mentioned in my brief bio that I had gone through some major life changes and a few of them was that I had to deal with the passing of one of my, um, my teammates on like in my LLC um, she had a committed suicide and then recently I lost, you know, my grandma who was a huge part of my personality, a huge part of who I am today. And I think that me not taking the time out to heal myself kept pushing me into these bad habits of not wanting to fix my PCOS, not wanting to take control of the things I was going through and how I was feeling. I just kept being like, you know what? I'm going to get up today and just do it. I'm going to get up today and just do it. Like and you're some, in, yeah, auto drive. Yeah, like you're just. <laughs> definitely. And some days I realized I can't do this. I can't keep burning the candle until nothing's left and then expect for things to be healed. Like I have to actually uncover what these things are and heal them from the inside out. I can't keep running from these things because I'm afraid to feel them or because I'm afraid that something else might be wrong or, you know, that people are going to judge me. And I know that um, I mentioned, you know, people having things to say, people judging. And I feel like sometimes I even met people who judge me um, unintentionally. They'll be like, well, girl, I couldn't do that. Or, you know, um, or like, oh no, you're like you you look good. It's like they have comments about my weight. Like you don't need to lose weight. You look good. You know, you look you you carry it well. Or um, you know things like that where it's like um <laughs> didn't ask for <laughs> didn't ask for it, sis. But no, yeah, like I totally relate. And um, I just wanted to applaud you for for being vulnerable and speaking about something that especially in our community in the PCOS community, there is so much focal point on like our diet or nutrition. There is so much focal point on what exercise we should do, what supplements we should take. Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about working on the hardships that we have in our head and our heart. You know, nobody mm -hmm. talks about having to heal from, uh, you know, suffrage, loss, pain, trauma, things mm -hmm. like that. And that is a piece of the PCOS pie that has to be addressed too, because you can be doing all of these other things and that's great. It's fabulous. But those things, I mean, the body, uh, there's a book called The Body Keeps the Score that it's just like shown, you know, it may start out mentally, 
but eventually mm-hmm. it's going to get physical and those things can manifest as inflammation which can exacerbate mm-hmm. our pcos and not to mention just as our soul and us as beings we feel better when we get to heal and like you said it's, it's not easy we want to run from it because it hurts like hell <laughs> we don't want to go through that but we don't want to open some of those you know, painful things, but I'm really proud of you. I'm Thank really you. I think honestly, if I, if I rethink the question about what I would have told to a 17 year old, you have the right to feel however you feel. If you're angry, feel that. If you're sad, feel that. If you feel like, you know, things are being taken from you, freed up, anything like that, go through your emotions. Don't let other people tell you that you can't feel how you want to feel. If you're frustrated about your symptoms, feel that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't let people tell you that anything is your fault, that you're, you know, you've caused anything, that you can't feel how you want to feel because you have to feel those emotions to get through it. The longer you take to feel those emotions, to explore them, and to go through them rationally, it's going to take you longer to reach happiness. And happiness looks different for everybody. Happiness for me was just finally feeling at peace with right. how my body looks and how I felt and knowing that, you know, if I if I want to work out today, I will. If today's a rest day, then it's going to be a rest day. Right. And, right. you know, like I don't have to, I don't have to fit into the hundred pounds that that doctor said. That right. doctor was probably giving me the same advice he was giving to other people that day and a hundred just probably sounded good. Yeah. That was probably just to go my body. <laughs> is that a hundred on my body looks a lot different than a hundred on somebody else's body. Right. And I know that because he gave me that number, he hadn't been looking at my charts. My charts have always looked different from other people. My weight has always looked different from other people. I'm very tall. My a hundred pounds off of me is going to look different than someone who's, you know, five, 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 three, a hundred pounds off of them. So I think that, you know, just knowing that you know your body the most and what what you say is what goes, you know what I mean? Like you have the power, like don't let people convince you. I think that's why I got caught up in taking all these different birth controls is because that's all they would tell me would help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, really, when you get that diagnosis of PCOS, um, you know, maybe some of the listeners haven't gotten it yet, or maybe they don't realize which phase they're in, but you go through a grievance process. Mm-hmm. You go through, uh, you know, I was in denial for a long time, years. <laughs> um, you go through anger, you go through frustration, and yes. then, you know, <laughs> then you go through some P, and who's to say, like, there is no... Like, I know that there's like, you know, certain steps of like the grievance process and you're supposed to like go for like starting from step one and then move up. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't go like that. You, you can go, go back and forth. You can skip, yeah, you can skip a couple, come back, skip. I mean, your your journey with PCOS is just going to change. And um, I never say this to discourage people, um, but it just, it just changes. As we age, it mm-hmm. just changes. Even if we didn't have PCOS, let's just imagine a world, your hormones, your body, things are still going to fluctuate. That's just, that's just human nature. Um, but yeah, like, I, I think that's something that, you know, definitely we all deserve the right to feel the way that we do, no matter where you're at in your journey. I mean, th- that's for sure, but you definitely have the power to take this 
condition and and rise above it and you're mm -hmm. you're showing us like how to do that every day um so let's talk about you know in the time that we've worked together um you know you've made a lot of progress and even really like when we think about it so like you know i do we've worked together for a minimum of eight weeks if that's two mm -hmm. months that's two months like that is nothing in the capsule of time and you made so much progress do you care to kind of like out of this amount of things that you've been able to change and stuff like what do you think has been the most impactful what is it like which measurement of progress has impacted your life the most so far i think getting my period back has given me so much peace of mind because um before the eight weeks i hadn't had my period for six months and i was doing all i could i was like you know what is going on and it made me feel so good to know that it was just the little things that i could do to make a difference like right. just drinking more water and like you talked about incorporating more um protein and vegetables into my diet and that made me feel even more energized i didn't even realize that this was something that i was missing so much right um and also like whenever we talked about food thinking about it in a complete three instead of counting oh how many calories is this how many right. calories is that and cultivating a more healthy relationship with food mm -hmm. yeah yeah because um so like with you we did what i call the complete three approach so you know we're looking at like three meals a day a snack if you need it and you're just making sure that there's protein fat and carbs with your with your meal so that we have all of those macronutrients together and that was another thing like we didn't eliminate carb we we, we didn't even lower them actually you you were on a pretty high carb i mean at least a couple of vegetables a couple of servings of vegetables or fruit with each meal so you're eating a lot more carbs currently than what you were in the previous times of your life where you were, you know, trying to just reach that number goal as far as mm -hmm. weight is concerned. Um, and then whenever it came to that nutrition as well, do you feel like, um, you know, because going through the program, you know, we're learning about the gut and inflammation and blood sugar management and stuff like that. Did that help you connect some dots when it came to your nutrition? Yes, definitely. I think one, I had to learn that processed carbs and natural carbs are very different. Like there's the like monosaccharides, I think, and then the polysaccharides was what you talked yeah, about. Well, we, with, like, we talked about like complex and, carbs and simple yeah. carbs and how those break down in the bot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's the complex ones, the simple ones, and knowing the difference and also knowing that um, carbs aren't like a guilty thing. And I had to stop associating guilt and fat with carbs like i think that that's just something so trained and when yeah, we okay. see um with diet culture people telling you to be afraid of them and i'm not saying that because somebody might do keto and it could work for them make exactly. them feel great it's just everybody's so different like um my parents they went on uh, a keto diet and it worked really great for my dad but not so great for my mom and i definitely had to realize that there's a difference between like male and female bodies and a difference between male and female hormones like we're going to all react very differently and what works for my mom may not work for me especially when um 
Like I was uh, weight training, like weightlifting and things like that, which I love and I adore, but I can't do it without carbs. Now I'm just going to be right. honest. <laughs> well, need- and that was another thing too, because like we saw your energy level improve. And mm-hmm. a lot of times people that complain about having like really, so, I mean, yes, uh, having fatigue is definitely a symptom of PCOS. A lot of times it's coming from the, the lack of having your blood sugar managed and a lot of times people think, oh, well, to manage my blood sugar, I have to get rid of carbs. But what we don't realize is like those carbs give us energy. And so like we're just in this like this <laughs> hamster wheel. Um, so we, we got to see that increase. And then when it came to your exercise, so, so what does exercise look like for you right now? What does your like current regimen look like? So my current regimen looks like yoga in the morning and then weightlifting and like, I want to say like the mid afternoon, like I try not to keep workouts too late for me just because mm-hmm. personally, I realize it um, affects my sleep right. if I'm up and running, you know, too late in the night. Um, both those sessions are about the morning one, I'd say about 30 to 45 minutes and the afternoon one is two hours, but it's only because I like to take my time right. and I just like, you know, going through the weights, you know, slowly making sure my form is good. And it's just my, it's like my time to think about things that I want to think about, listen to music and just relax. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's like your you time, but you're not working out nowhere near as much as what you have done in the past, right? Like as far as Mm -hmm. like day wise, like how many days a week would you say you're, you're doing? Probably a max of four. Okay. Right. Right. And we're definitely taking advantage of those like rest days and and Mm -hmm. those um, as well. Um, So, no, I think that's absolutely wonderful. And then um, there were some other things that we noticed. Of course, you did have you you have some progress as far as weight loss. Everybody likes to hear about that. And I know that (laughs) that was really exciting. So we'll definitely acknowledge that. Uh, But I was really excited to hear about your skin. So do you care to tell like there was a huge improvement in that, correct? Yeah. So I actually have eczema um, on my upper body like the most. And um, sometimes I can kind of like go up to my neck, to my face, but um, it was actually really good to see the reduction in inflammation and um, reduction in days where it was like really visible because I didn't even know that it was connected. I just thought that, oh, I've had eczema forever. That's just what it is. Um, and I noticed that whenever I had days where I was really focused on my eating well and things like that, um, especially with drinking more water, it really helped with the um, inflammation days. For sure, for sure. And I think you even learned, because we talk, which we talk about inflammation almost every week, because it's just such a big key, but there's so many different factors that can contribute to, you know, inflammation. And um, there's a lot of simple things that we can do at home that aren't really big grand gestures um, that can help, you know, reduce, reduce that. Um, and that's one, one thing I felt like with you, you did a really great job of like, um, I, from what I could tell, it looked like you were doing a really great job of just incorporating a lot of these like lifestyle changes and, you know, these just like little simple things that you can sustain. Do you feel like it's been that way as well? Yeah, I do. But I also think that was trial and error from the past because in past I've done major, like I remember writing in the beginning stages, like what diets have you tried? I've done the intermediate fasting, the one meal a day, the keto, no dairy, the, you know, like liquid, like I've done so many different diets. And ultimately for me, I couldn't sustain them because they really made me feel 
tired, drained, irritated. And a part of me knows it's probably like some withdrawals from sugars and stuff like that in some of those diets. But I definitely think that um, making sure that it's something I could sustain was very important to me. No, no, it really is important. And I think you, because you're, I mean, you're really intelligent and you already kind of like have this mindset of like, this is lifelong. I, I really need to find something that's going to be sustainable. And a lot of people, uh, not that they're, not that they're the right or wrong way, but sometimes like when you're in the thick of it and you're just focused, like maybe on a number that a doctor tells you or something like that, like you don't really think about the, the long-term scheme of things where you were already putting that like in thought because you were, you know, wanting to prevent like, you know, complications down the road and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's just really amazing. So co- coming from here, going forward, you know, do you feel like you're going to be able to manage your PCOS and, and your lifestyle uh, in a more sustainable way? Like, is, what does this look like for you going forward now? I think, I had to stop thinking about my PCOS as being my enemy and start thinking about it as being just a part of me. Like you got to take care of your skin. You got to put lotion on, you take a shower and things like that. That's how I'm thinking about it. I got to eat right, do right, you know, take care of myself. And I also think that it holds me more accountable because it's like, now I got to really look at what I'm doing because if I don't, it could easily slip back up and I could easily be tired and upset right. and, you know, having inflammation. So I don't think of it as being my enemy anymore. I just think of it being something that I should be taking care of. And I think from here, I'm just going to, you know, one, it motivates me to want to learn how to cook different things, to become more yeah, creative yeah. about the kitchen and stop being afraid of, you know, different foods like there's so many foods that I've gotten a chance to try that have been healthy. Like I, like I remember seeing um, this thing about Indian food, about how a lot of people um, from India are vegetarian. So they have like so many different spices and so many different food options. And I'm like, you know what? I need to get creative and start figuring out other foods out there and have fun with it. And also workouts. You do not have to go to the gym and, and break your leg on the treadmill every day to, you know, get right. <laughs> like I've done aqua fitness. I've done like cycling and, you know, this has been so, I did like uh, rock climbing. Like there's so many things that I've gotten to try because I was like, you know what? I need to hit my workout for the day. What's out there. Um, me and my friends did pole dancing one time and it was a lot of upper body. Upper body. Like yeah. it was, you know, it was really exciting. And I think that, um, it's really challenged me to be more creative. And also I've got to meet a lot of new friends because yeah. you never even realize how many people have experienced just struggling with these things. Like I've met so many people who have like endometriosis, right. PCOS, um, just different, um, just different like things that happen in their body and they're trying to, you know, overcome and stuff. And it's so empowering to be like, Hey, I'm here too. You know, right. we, we're, we're all in the same place. We're all just trying to figure things out. So you let me know what you want to do and I'll do it with you. And it just makes you feel less alone. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And that's something too, that I, you know, there, you went through the program and, and I put a lot of education into, into that program, like where you learn all of these things, evidence-based information about PCOS. And like one of my goals and it, it 
you know, a lot of times like the, my clients that go through, don't even think about it, but now you can better help someone else that doesn't have an advocate or doesn't have someone else to, to, to help them through because it is very often a condition that women are suffering alone in, you know, mm -hmm. they, 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 their doctors, um, you know, more often than not are not being helpful. They don't know anyone else that has it. Maybe they're getting dismissed when they do mention it. And like, now you get to just pass this on and be the beacon of mm -hmm. light for other women. I know, I know you're going to do that. And I think that that's an amazing thing because we're all in this together. And that, that's the truth. <laughs> we are. Yeah. It's, it's something that I'm so passionate about empowering other women, women. Like recently we, um, like I'm the production manager for crown me miss ECU at my school and it's like a pageant and things like that. And I've met, um, girls out there who, in through like just getting to know them, they talked about the struggles with like IBS and different other things that go on with them. And I just find so much empowerment of saying, this is me. And this is just a part of me. Like yeah. I am not this condition, but through this condition, I've learned this and this and that. And because of that, I'm braver. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I find it so refreshing to find people who have gone through something, who find light in a seemingly dark situation and can take that struggle and empower the people. Like, they're not going to let it get them down. And I understand that it's scary. And I've had days where it's gotten me down. I'm like, For man, sure. you know, like, if I did human. <laughs> you know, exactly. But at the same time, I think that I had to have this. It had to happen. And if it didn't happen, I want to be who I am today. And I love who I am today. I, I like being able to relate to people with all types of different circumstances. You know, I think that when you have this, you can relate to so many different types of people and so many different types of condition that someone who doesn't won't be able to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you're, I mean, spot on just because those of us with PCOS, I mean, like, it connects to so many other conditions and, and have so many symptoms that, you know, you can really relate to someone regardless if they have PCOS or not, you can relate to other people that have a chronic condition, especially mm -hmm. a chronic condition that is not visible from the outside, which a lot of mm -hmm. them aren't, you know, and we can all like there, there is power. Like you said, it, it is a okay to be in a position like where it gets you down because like, that's just part of being living with a chronic um, condition. But I mean, I, I say this all the time, like women or people with PCOS are some of the strongest people I know. Very strong. Cause like you're overcoming some of this like really hard shit and you're doing it, you're fighting it every single day. Every day. And you're, and you're up against these battles that like people don't even recognize or they don't even, it's like you're fighting these, like just for instance, like with your doctors and stuff, like that alone sometimes is a huge battle, not to mention mm -hmm. just trying to feel good in your body every day. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's, it's just really hard. And um, I, gosh, I love the fact that, that you're that light. I'm, I, I love the fact that you're out there connecting and empowering other people. We need more of that. We need more of you. And I think- And I'm really glad that you uh, brought up that part about, you know, fighting with your doctors and things like that. Well, not fighting your doctors, but, you know, but just fighting to be seen. Struggling. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I think that another thing that empowers me is just because like you've seen the media and things with like African-American women not being heard or seen or just women of color not being heard and seen in their doctor's office. That encourages me even more because 
I want to be able to say, because it honestly, sometimes it could cost you your life if you don't speak up about the things that are ailing you. And I think that reaching peak frustration when people were not taking my migraine seriously um, just truly pushed me on the edge to say, you know what, that's it. If nobody else is going to hear me, I'm going to find a doctor who will. I'm not going to be that person that just keeps coming back with my tail between my legs and just taking whatever you guys give me. I want this. I know this. I've researched this. You know, I love having evidence-based information so I can say, hey, look at this. This is not working. Don't give me this. Or, you know, this is what um, people are saying is, you know, doing really well. Here's the evidence for it. What do you think about this? And if you don't know, find me somebody who does, you know, hold people accountable for your health because that mm-hmm. is their job. And I think that I, you know, used to be in the past, used to be very scared to hold people accountable for healthcare, but that is their job. They went to school right. to do that. So if you, if you don't hold them accountable, who are you going to hold accountable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think that, of course, I think, you know, people are starting to hear about it more and I don't know the exact numbers on it, but I mean, like, it's just, statistically proven that women of color are mistreated in healthcare and in comparison. Um, And it's just, it just blows my mind. Um, I remember reading an article and just, just based or like around, like there's more um, fetal death rates. There's, I mean, like, it's just, it's just insane. And I I was a nurse for 11 years. And it made me think about the education that I went through as a nurse. And when you're learning about different cultures and different races and, you know, like you learn about, you know, the, the common issues that are connected to each race. And I think about how we were always taught in our textbooks that, you know, African-Americans are at higher prevalence for diabetes and cardiovascular disease. And then I'm like, so what about the African-American women with PCOS that are even at greater risk for this because of that? And then mm-hmm. they're not being seen and heard in the medical field. Mm-hmm. They're getting chronic conditions that could be life-threatening because nobody's flipping listening to them mm-hmm. and helping them. And because what are they going to tell them? Lose weight. That's all they're going to say. And like, it's just, it's so frustrating. That's a whole nother tangent for another day. No, definitely. Cause I've had so many deep thoughts and, you know, um, conversations, especially like in social work field. Um, mm-hmm. We talk about just, there was a history about how people used to genuinely believe that um, African-Americans felt pain differently, that their skin was thicker for some reason and that pain didn't affect them as, as that same way. And then we actually think about those health conditions people who are living in poverty are going to be able to get the food that is available. And those foods are a lot of preservative foods that have higher sodium and higher levels of calories. So they're doing a lot more caloric intake at smaller quantities of food. So everybody's hungry. They're still trying to, you know, and it's like, it's just a cycle. And I think that definitely empowers me to be able to say, you know, if you have questions, please ask them because so I'm not trying to say it's all doctors, but I've met a lot of doctors who they don't really know. And I think truly there's no shame in saying, hey, I'm not the one to talk to about this. Right. I'm right. going to refer you to someone who will. There's no shame in that. And I do want to encourage people just to find your answers. Like if someone's not going to give you the answer that you want, that's cool. Nope 
problem, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over here. If you know, if you feel like things are correct, speak up. Mm-hmm. I've had situations with doctors where I was like, I don't really think that was appropriate comment, or I don't really think that that was something that you should have said to me, should have done to me. So I'm going to speak up about it. Right. And when they realize that you're not going to be silent in that treatment, then they're going to change because they have to, or they yeah. lose their job, they lose their practice. So I think that, you know, speak up, say what you need to say. If, if something doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. Mm-hmm. And you got to trust your intuition and you got to trust how you're feeling in that moment. I think that that's one of the most frustrating things in my journey that I had to realize is that not everybody has your best interests at heart. Right. And you can ask a bunch of people, you know, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling that way. And sometimes they'll just brush you off and give you any type of answer. And especially when, especially for me, because I was always overweight, they would just tell me, oh, if you would lose weight, I would, I would get the same problem when I was even 40 pounds down from that. Well, if you lose more weight, well, I can't, my hormones, things are going on so hard. I'm literally starving. And one of the most insulting things I think was that when I lost that weight and I was just miserable and tired and bruising and losing hair, uh-huh. I was getting compliments. People were telling me, oh, wow, you look great. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I've never seen you like this. And you you look perfect. You just look amazing. Your hashtag body goals. I wish I looked like you. Like, girl, that is, hey, I have been, I have been screaming that same argument for like two years now because... I was in the same situation. Like I'd lost, I'd, I'd lost the hundred pounds, got as lean as I possibly could. My PCOS was worse than it's ever been in my entire life. Go to the doctor. What does she do? She says, oh, you probably still have PCOS. Just keep exercising and dieting. And it's like, I, I do, do you know who I am? That's what I do. Like, I can't do it anymore. Than <laughs> like that is not the answer. And then so many people, I just, and I don't know how to say this and everyone's going to have their opinion, but this is the thing. So many people clapped for me when mm-hmm. I spent my days two hours in the gym fatigued and couldn't do anything else for the rest of the day because it tapped me out eating cold fish and asparagus. It was my choice. Nobody made me do that. So, I mean, you know, it was my choice to do that. And I, I was in the mindset of like, you know, I had to work really hard to get my body to look as fit as possible. And I don't regret it because it has definitely made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. But that whole experience proved to me that people do not give a shit about your health. Nobody cares about your health. They only care about your body size because they clapped for me. I got so many followers whenever I was super lean and, and fit. And whenever I started gaining weight, my health started improving and the audience got quiet. It was cricket. They started getting really, really quiet. And I, I talk about it all the time. I'm like, no one, it's the same thing as the people telling overweight people online. It really disheartens me when overweight people are being told, you know, oh, you should really be concerned about your health. They're not concerned about their health because those, those people are more likely eating healthy meals, working out, sleeping and doing all the right things. Their body just is, is bigger. Mm-hmm. And no one really cares. It just, it really proved to me that our society holds a thin body as superior and not health. It really does. 
Oh, it definitely does. And honestly, I can go down that road with yeah, how people are treated differently. <laughs> I can I can go down the road for miles. But I truly, I think when it comes to being online and, you know, being proud of yourself, I think one, people need to be more loving, period. And that's across the board. Yeah, I agree. You know, if you're not their doctor, if you're not their healthcare professional, then keep your opinions to yourself. If you, you know, if, if you're not coaching this person, you're not helping this person in any way, you're not their therapist, anything, keep your opinion to yourself. There's nothing that serves you from going out and hurting somebody else in a comment or a video or anything. Nothing serves you to do that. What do you you're gain right. from that, truly? Because it can't make your day better to hurt, to hurt that other person. And it, all it does is hurt that other person and maybe ruin their day or cause them to do destructive things because now they think that other people think this way. What do you gain from that truly? And I also think that it's like, when are we going to finally make people be responsible for the way they treat others oh, online? Yeah. That's a really good question. That is a really, really good question. And, you know, I really hate it for our community because I'm going to tell you what, people with PCOS are some of the hardest workers in the room. They are going to be the people that, that do their best to, to get their workouts. To their, they are constantly, constantly focused on their nutrition, their supplementation regimen. Because they have what, to be. Right, right. They are some of the hardest workers in the room. They're probably not always going to be the thinnest people in the room. Mm -hmm. And you just can't. You just can't look at someone and judge their lifestyle or their health by their body size because people celebrated me when my body dysmorphia was at its worst, when I was uh, fell back on the eating disorder, when mm -hmm. I was so fatigued that I couldn't be the mom I wanted to be, the wife I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. I was just, I mean, I was, I was really on thin ice and just because I looked amazing, that's all that really mattered. And it just, you know, like I said, it, it's all hindsight now, but I just, I, I remember when I started gaining weight um, and my symptoms started reversing, the people that were clapping for me when I was super thin, they weren't clapping anymore. And truly, you don't need those people. No, those are not my people. You're, you're and I had right. to learn, even <laughs> for myself, like, even when it comes to like dating, things like that, it's like, I'm built to be noticed. I'm big. You're going to see me. That's one thing I know. You can't ever <laughs> act like you didn't see me because you saw me. I'm tall. I'm wide. Thick three C's. You are going to see me. I am built to be noticed. And that's one thing where I was like, you know what? I can't be ashamed of being the big friend, being the big girl, being, being, you know, bigger than people that I date, being it's like you are going to see me and if you didn't see me you heard me because <laughs> what I feel yeah. and I think that um honestly that makes me proud because I'm just like you know what I wasn't put here to be average I wasn't put here to be ignored I wasn't put here to be a factory set like everybody else right. from the start even in my genes because PCOS is in my genes I was built to be different right and I know that it's it's hard to think about it that way, but that was what makes me empowered. You know, I used to be, and when they told me, you know, you may not be able to have kids, you may not be able to do this and that. It's like, I had to find things that were going to make me happy if that was to happen. Right. Because my best friend, um, she had a baby and made me the baby's godmom. One of the proudest days of my life. His oh, birthday sure. is coming up in October. He'll be one. Oh. One of the proudest days of my life. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm over here thinking things that I can't do. What about the things that I can do? I can be the best god mom I can be. I can be when eventually when I get older and I become aunts, I can be the best aunt. And when I do want to become mom, what's going to stop me from adopting? Right. What's going to stop me from trying my best to do what I got to do to and, be some mom? And you may even understand now that that uh, phrase that you can't have, I mean, it may be totally false. You may find that Definitely. you don't have any, have any issues there. And with the fact that you've already put so many great things in order before that time comes, I would be very optimistic for you. <laughs> very Definitely. Good. And I also think that it's like, whatever is for you is for you, period. Yeah. You know, if, if kids are for you, they're going to be for you, period. And, mm -hmm. and nobody is going to take that away from you. So I think that if that's part of your story, if being a mom is part of your story and you know that in your heart, then go for it. Be that mom you want to be. Don't let other people write your story. You are the author. They're just reading the book. Mm -hmm. When that doctor was like, well, you probably won't have kids. It's crazy because I heard his words, but I didn't believe it in my heart. I knew that. He said that now I'm a god mom. You don't write my story. I yeah. do. Yeah, that's all about owning your own power. And I... I'm here for it. Like, I'm so here for just you own your power, use it, unleash it. And, you know, like, I think it's amazing because I know the stuff that we face every single day. It's really easy to just sink into the darkness. But, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that like you're encouraging others to rise above and, and just shine that light. I'm just, I'm proud of you and I'm, I'm just here for it all day long. I don't know what else to say. I'm just like, I love it. I will soak it up. Um, so thank you so much for sharing your story. And, you know, you, you really gave us a lot of encouragement. Uh, I don't know if you expected to do that or not, but you did. I hope so. <laughs> you did. You did. No. Um, if you, if you're okay with people connecting with you, do you want to share your like social media handles or where they may mm -hmm. reach out to you? Yeah, I send it to you in the email, but I don't yeah, mind reading it out notes. real mm -hmm. quick. Um, let me look. Okay. Um, my Instagram is jfizzle underscore 23. So J-F-I-Z-Z-L-E underscore 23. And you can reach me at Snapchat at J-Fizzle, F-I-Z-Z-L-E, 23. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and being here. Again, you know, just as someone that's gotten the pleasure to meet you and also work with you, like, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so proud of all <laughs> the things that you've done, accomplished, and the things that I know you're going to do in the future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And like I said, Mahon, the first time meeting you, I just feel so grateful that there's people like you who see, it's like not only have you experienced for yourself, but you find light and try to shed it to other people. And I think that it takes a special person to always want to help somebody else. So thank yeah. you for all you thank do. Thank you. Thank you. You're going to get me emotional. I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on Live Free Radio. If you have any questions or would like to be featured here on the show, email me at Letitia at LiveFreeHealthCoaching.com. I also want to take this time to ask you, if you are enjoying the episodes and the podcast, 
please rate and review the podcast on your favorite platform. This will help women like you find the podcast so that they too can be empowered and feel supported in this community.